0: Thanks for joining us again, and let's get to the service. Well, as we jump into the word, let's pray together. Loving God, we pray as we open your word, would you open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us? And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. I wonder if you ever asked yourself the question, what is your time really worth? Really? Have you you ever thought about it? How would you even go about measuring what your time is worth? Most of us only ever think about this question in relation to our job, really, or, or someone else providing us a service. Someone might ask us how much we, we charge to set up a website or to provide cupcakes for a birthday party or, or something like that. It's something we did for Phoebe's birthday just recently we asked her how much, how much to do 200 cupcakes. And at some point she has to put a, a value on her time, the lady who did them for us. If you're like me, I, I often think about this concept of time when I'm ordering something online, even from a local business. I think about what the hassle is gonna be for my time about whether I have it delivered or whether I go and pick it up for myself. I've got to tell you, when it comes to buying a new TV, get it delivered every time. Trying to get it in the trailer is way too much hard work, sorry. But today, I want to talk about time, our time, and we'll discover that time is the most valuable thing that we have. We have more options with how to spend our time than ever before, but ultimately there is an enriching way. To spend our time that leaves everything else in the dust. Nothing compares in comparison. So that's what I want to explore today. But we're in the first week of a new series that we do from time to time. It's called Matters of the Heart. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be asking a simple question. And the question is this What are we asking God to take a back seat in our life in? Where are we asking God to take a back seat in our life? And we're gonna look at four different areas over four weeks, which I think in my experience, compete with God for our heart. Areas we tend to to kick God into the backseat and take the wheel and and try to be in control. Those four things are our time, our talents, our treasure, and our relationships. And I believe that this is gonna be helpful for you, whether you are a follower of Jesus or whether you're not. Because as people, of those four areas, if we leave any of those areas unchecked, unsupervised, whether, a follower, whether we're a follower of Jesus or not, if we don't look at those areas of our life seriously, any of them have the capacity to hijack our life and take us somewhere we didn't hope to go. And, and this series is actually also an important part of what we believe as a church and what we call, what it means to call our church home. Because within these four key areas are principles of how we are called to be a community of faith together. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that later on and there's gonna be some, some thoughts about that for us as a whole community. But let's, look at, let's talk time. Let's talk yours and my time. What are we meant to do with it? How do we, how do we best spend it? What's it worth? Because here in South Australia, we're getting a fresh perspective on time because we're actually in the middle of a lockdown where most of us need to stay home all of the time if we're not considered essential workers. I have to tell you that when you're stuck at home with two young kids, Time feels like it moves a whole lot differently. It's been hard to know how best to use the time that I've got. Being, trying to be present with our girls, trying to call people, check in on people, prepare for this online content that you're watching right now. It's all become a tension to try and manage well. And it's hard to know what to do with that. It's hard to know how to get this idea of spending time right. And I'm sure that you're feeling that as well. We're all spending more time watching the news updates, trying to figure out where things are at in terms of our broader society situation. Many of you have spent time waiting in line for a COVID test, and those wait times have been long. And and during those times, it can feel like time is moving really slowly, and it gives us a new perspective on the value of it. I could be doing so many other things, and a frustration creeps in where we wish we were doing something different, which tells us, it, it sort of begs, begs the question for us of how are we meant to be using our time well? In Scripture, one of the major characters that we read about in the Old Testament is a guy called Moses. To give you some backstory of who Moses is, he was he was born into the nation of Israel, adopted by an Egyptian pharaoh's daughter, and brought up basically as a prince of Egypt. He was. And he has this moment in his life where as a young man, he defends the honor of an Israelite um, person and he actually kills an Egyptian as a result. I don't think he meant to, but he did. And he gets found out and he actually runs away from Egypt. And he spends 40 years as a shepherd in the deserts of what's now Western Saudi Arabia across across the Red Sea from Egypt, hoping he'd never be found again. Have you ever had a slow day at work? Some days they do feel... Bit slow, but try being a shepherd in the ancient world. You take the sheep out and you sit on a rock. You watch the sun wheel across the sky, and then you take the sheep back into where it's safe. And you and Moses did that for forty years. And fast forward, and he leads. He, he ends up back in Egypt, leading leading the Israelite nation out of Egypt. But then they wander in the desert for forty years, learning how God wants to form them as his set-apart nation and with those two experiences Moses has an extraordinary perspective on time and he actually writes this, about this perspective some of his reflections in Psalm 90 verse 1 it reads this Lord you have been our dwelling place you've been our dwelling place throughout all generations before the mountains were even born before the oldest things we can possibly think of Before any of that was brought forth in any of the whole world, God, you were there from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. As Moses begins to reflect on time, he begins with God. He recognizes that God is immense. And God was there at the beginning of everything. He's everlasting to everlasting. So anything that exists in the world... God created it, that's, that's, what, that's what he's implying. If God created it, then everything that we have as humanity, we didn't, we didn't create that, we were given it by God, including our time. None of us have any control over our time, it just is. It was given to us by the God that was bidden there in the beginning. But the, and then He look he looks at God, and then he looks at us, the magnitude of God, and then he looks at us in verse three and he says, you turn people, let us, back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. What a Lord of the Rings statement. And a thousand years in your sight, Lord, are like a day that has just gone by. So big is your perspective, God, that a thousand years is like a day. Or like a watch in the night, which was just three hours. That's how brief all that time is to God and God's magnitude. Yet... You sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass of the morning. In the morning, it springs up new, but by evening, it's dry and withered. Our life compared to God is like the grass that springs up after the dew and then dries in the scorch of the day. Our life is so brief compared to God. And of all the things that we have in our life, Time is the most valuable one. Why? Because we can't buy any more of it. We can't borrow it. We can't slow it down. It is truly the only limited thing that we are given. And Moses reflects in verse 10. He says, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures or even 90 or 100 for us these days, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. The best of them are trouble and sorrow, and they, for they quickly pass, and we fly away. It seems like what Moses is, is kind of saying here is that we don't know how much time we have, but he also observes something else, that you and I as, as human beings, that when we are left to our own devices, we actually waste our time. On things that don't really matter, the best of them are trouble and sorrow. We figure out ways to to waste our time, and I've got to be honest that that's that's pretty true, if we're honest. I've talked about this before that one of the most overglorified words in the, our twenty first century vocabulary is busy. We spend so much time trying to get the most out of our life that we actually, in this era, we're actually losing control. Of our life and I think that's part of perhaps what God's wanting to say through the through the scriptures today I've noticed this even when we first saw the effects of COVID in our society we were all forced to stop and we loved it we realized how busy we were and how refreshing it was to to actually stop but then when the world began to, to, to spin up again We actually found a way, and this is true of me, we found a way to add more into our lives than we had before. We found ways to be more efficient, and rather than keeping that margin, we just added more to it. We added more social media accounts, we added more Netflix, more games on our mobile, more Disney Plus, more shows to watch, more kids' sports, whatever, more things that we're not even sure if they even matter. And what's really important to notice When we spend time on something we later wish we hadn't is we say something really clear and i hinted to it before say it with me when we what do we do we waste our time we look at we look at the way we spend our day and we go man that's a waste of time and that tells us two things for us to be able to waste our time it means it's a limited resource we've covered that it's the rarest thing we've got but it says something else it implies that there is a standard for how we should be using our time. And there is. God gave us time, and God actually gave us some ideas and some capacity to understand how best to spend it. In Roman, sorry in Ephesians chapter five, verse 8, the Apostle Paul writes it this way, he says, "For you were once darkness, but, you, but now you are light in the Lord." Live therefore as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Paul's essentially saying, as followers of Jesus, God calls us to use our time that we have differently. Paul goes into detail about the fruit that we can bear through a life as a follower of Jesus in verse 22. So let's overlay this concept of time onto the fruits of the spirit that Paul talks about because it it actually gets really practical for us because when we when we try and show love with our time we actually spend time building relationships instead of building walls of isolation and in that our culture is so best known for at the moment when time brings joy it's spending time appreciating life instead of grumbling about it time it brings about peace is about rest and i'm going to come back to that one time with patience could be applied to some of our driving styles or our attitude in the checkout line or maybe even some of our kids you know waiting around for certain things whatever time can find expression in kindness taking the time to show compassion when everyone else walks by a person that's in need goodness through generosity with our time in serving the needs of someone else, faithfulness, showing up on time to a meeting is being faithful to someone else, humility, leveraging what we have on behalf of someone else, behaving in a way that honours someone else's time as more valuable than our own. And here's the big one, self-control, limiting time that we have in front of TV or Facebook or maybe even only hitting the snooze button once instead of 15 times in the morning. Maybe that's what living a light of life through time looks like. But an important point that Paul makes about the fruits of the Spirit is this, that they are not things that we strive for. They are the natural fruit of a life that is grounded in Christ. Paul's advice, he goes on to say, is this. He says, if we're grounded in Christ, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil we've already covered we don't know how to use our days well therefore do not be foolish but understand what's the lord's will is that's that's paul's advice paul's saying it's it's not about a new list of things to do because meaningful use of our time looks different for each of us and it looks different in different stages of life as well it's about inviting god's perspective into our life to give us the wisdom that we need to make the decisions about how we best use our time moses writes the same idea like this in verse 11 of psalm 90 he says if only we knew the power of your anger O lord your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due It doesn't make sense, but let me continue. Verse 12, teach us then to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What's Moses saying, those two verses combined? What he's saying is that that when we appreciate who God really is and when we treat his gift, we, we will treat his gift with the respect it deserves. And so he invites us, teach us how precious time is so that we can gain the wisdom to use it well. So time is important, time is finite, time is valuable. So how do we do that? How do we use the time that we have really well? Well, I think there's two things that need to happen for us to get this right. The first is recognizing the way God entered the world through Jesus. And the way God leveraged his time, the way Jesus used his time to show us what God is like. But more than that, it's the way that Jesus gave his time, gave his life upon a cross for us. When he did that, he overcame the sin and brokenness in the world, the sin and brokenness in our lives. And he made a way for you and I to experience a relationship with God for the rest of eternity. A relationship in which time won't matter anymore and it's, it's a gift we can't earn. He gave it to us through His time, through His life as a free gift of grace through faith. And, and until we have Christ as our centre, until we look to Christ for our hope, until we give Christ authority in our life, there is no way that we can consistently get this right when we keep ourselves at the center, when we are the greatest authority, we keep choosing things that leave us with regret and guilt and shame. We might get it right some of the time, but we have this tendency to get it wrong most of the time. But through Christ, we get to leave all of that behind and ask God to redeem the time that we have wasted for His good and for His glory and to invite Him to tell us what more there is. So that's the first thing, is to look to Christ first. But the second it is to regularly take some time to be still and ask God what He thinks about the way that you and I spend our time. In that stillness, we actually get to know God. We get to know God's heart and we gain a heart of wisdom with how to use the time God has given us. We begin to value the giver over the gift. And if we're honest, this is actually really hard. When I reflect on my journey, I've barely been still this week. Pivoting to do church online again is really tricky. Doing my best to work full-time from home and support Eloise as she does homeschooling with a toddler and with Mackenzie, with Phoebe and Mackenzie, God's really been convicting me about what quality time, what using time well actually looks like. And so the question becomes, do I trust that if I take 15 minutes, 15 minutes to be still before God, that He can actually achieve more with the rest of my day by the wisdom He speaks into my life than I could under my own strength. Do I trust that that is possible? And if I do, if, if you do, if we do, if we're willing to give this a try, I think three things are going to happen for us. The first is that we actually see the shackles of busyness begin to break because we start to filter our life. And start spending time on the things that really matter, and and the things that don't matter start to fade. That's the first thing. Business starts to die for us. The second thing is that we start to develop a heart for understanding what good use of time actually means. We start to understand what's wasteful and what's fruitful. But thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, is we begin to appreciate the gift over, sorry, the giver over the gift. We put God back in the front seat of our life, where He belongs. We put Him back in control because He's the one who gave it to us and He's the one who knows best. So that's as it applies to us. But there's one other thing I want to add, and it's, it's super helpful personally, this idea of managing time. But I also believe this matters for us as a community of believers. Because remember, I mentioned that these four key areas speak into our church life. Well, we actually believe that being part of a church is about investing time to be present. That's a little tricky right now, but I actually want to challenge you on this, to think about what it means for you to set aside time every week to be present at church. Online is good, and right now it's the only option we've got. But I'm going to say it, in person is better. Online is good, in person is better. We choose as Christians to set aside the beginning of our week to show up with God in mind and be present with and for our church community to worship together. It's just something to consider as and when we are able to meet together again. So my question for you is this, what is your time worth? Well, it's worth everything. It's more valuable than anything you've got. Because time is life and life shouldn't be wasted. And when we look to Christ, we actually appreciate the giver over the gift. And we also discover the wisdom that we need to use it well. So I don't, know, I don't know what your journey's like, I don't know where this lands for you, but if you're a follower of Jesus, it's about inviting God to speak into our life afresh. It's about being still, And asking God to tell us the things that matter and the things that don't. The things that we should be spending our time on and the things that we shouldn't. And trusting that God will speak and that by investing that time, we end up being more fruitful overall. But but if you're not a follower of Jesus, it begins in a different place. It begins with acknowledging and understanding who Jesus is and the way that he gave up his time and his life for you out of love and when he did that he broke the shackles of sin over your life and paved a way for you to have a life of fullness in his name now through through living the best life that we can live in relationship with God but but more than that in paving the way for us to have a relationship with God that transcends time and also transcends death allows us not to be shackled by guilt and shame and fear of what the past has looked like, but instead to find new life, to be a new creation with a new purpose and a new life. Not lived on our terms, but lived on God's terms. And so if that's new to you, if that's something you've never explored before, I want to invite you into it. I believe you're not here by accident. I believe God is calling you to that. God is inviting you to discover what it means to put your faith and hope in Him today. And if that's your story, I want you to reach out to us. I want you to put it in the chat. I want you to send the church a personal message. I want you to send me a personal message. I'm going to look for them. Send me an email. Whatever it takes to reach out, put it on a connect card. Whatever it takes to reach out and figure out what it means to take next steps in this way. Because I believe it is the best decision you will ever make in your life. Life. So, the calling for us is to see our time for the gift that it is. But not to value the gift as just a gift, but to value the gift as something that points to the giver, the one who gave it to us in the first place. So my prayer for you is that God would teach you to number your days so that you might have gain a heart of wisdom and learn how to best gain the life of fullness that God has in store for you. Because how we spend our time is a matter of the heart. Let's pray together. Loving and gracious God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the way that it speaks to us. But Lord, if we're honest, this is a challenge. This is hard because so often it's hard to know. We don't don't feel like we've got enough time and and you're inviting us to trust you with some of the time that we feel like we already don't have enough of. But Lord, we know that you are faithful. Lord, we know that you have the best perspective. So Lord, would, would you give us the courage and the grace to receive this challenge? And then would you give us the courage to actually live it out, to give it a try and see where you meet us in this, to be able to give us the wisdom of how best to spend the time that we have been given, how best to spend our life, not for our glory, not for what we think is best, but for your glory and for what you know is the best that you have in store for us. Help us to trust you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks once again for joining us. If this service has been a blessing to you, why not share it with someone you know, or better yet, post it on your social feed because you never know how God might use what you share to bless someone you didn't even know needed it. Special thank you if you contribute towards making this ministry possible. We are so grateful. If you'd like to help Head to gawlauniting.org.au and follow the links to begin giving. God bless you and we'll see you next time.